This episode of The Sleepover is brought to you by Constipation. I shit you not. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to this edition of The Sleepover on Bedroom Studios Podcast. Today, we've got with us one of the apparently two vocalists of the upcoming thrash metal project featuring Ryan Day, myself, and a couple of other friends. This is one of the vocalists, David Bird. How are you doing, David? Oh, hell, I'm making it, trying to get myself moving this morning or afternoon, as the case may be. I would say it's like 1230, bro. <laughs> but it also is Sunday, so... And it's usually my off day, so... You working today? Hello? I'm here. Oh, I said you working today. Oh, no, I'm off today. I ain't got to do shit. Oh, hell yeah. Sounds good to me. Well, that's probably why I slept in until 12. Oh, shit, yeah, me too. Well, I know I got up at 8 o'clock. Uh, I'm a goody two-shoes, though. So, well, fair enough. let's talk a little bit about your history. Like, what what all do you do besides vocals? You play guitar, anything like that? And I play guitar mostly as a kind of <clears throat> kind of a way to relieve stress and just relax a little bit. Been in a few projects here and there playing guitar. Nothing really serious that really went off too far. Right. You've been. How many bands have you been in? Shit. Seven or eight. Holy shit! Spanning that, how many? How many years? How many years have you been playing music? Oh hell! I started. I was about fourteen or fifteen. Really? Yeah. The actual time frame kind of slipped to me at the moment, but I was either fourteen or fifteen when I started. Oh wow! You remember what the first band you were in was? First one was one called Hellraiser. That's actually the one that did the most. Really? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Hellraiser. Hellraiser was, we got a few friends together. Hell, it's about 14, 15, started playing. At first, we were just doing covers of different shit. And then, like, maybe two, three months in, I was like, why don't we just do original shit? Started doing original shit. And then, after about two, three years, everybody started having different issues. They were having, one guy got hooked on drugs, and everybody else, they had other shit going on. And it just ended up splitting up and never really did anything else after that. You guys ever played any shows? Played a couple of them, mostly backyard gigs, something like that. Oh, okay. DIY. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about Unstoppable Evil. What, what is this project? I haven't told anybody. I'm pretty sure Ryan's told everybody, but. Well, Ryan tells everybody everything when it comes to that shit. Yeah. We've already got gigs uh, like awaiting us at uh, certain venues. That doesn't surprise me at all. Ryan, hell, Ryan does shit, and he just knocks everybody out and surprises everybody. Right. So tell us about your role in this band. What is the deal here? How did you get contacted by Ryan about this project? Well, me and Ryan, we've known each other for years. Met First time we met, I want to say was... Once it was at a Cannibal Corpse show, I think it was the same one me and you first met at. Oh, that was back in 2011 or 2010? I want to say it was 2010, because I want to say it was 
They played with Dying Fetus, Vital Remains, and Devourment. That's it. As about to say, I know I was at that one, but I think that's where we all first met. No, me and you met at 2012. Which one? Which that was also Cannibal, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that was also Cannibal. That was Cannibal. Exact, I believe. Did they play? I think they did. That was the one where the where the guy. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the lead singer of Exhumed threw his guitar pick to me and it bounced off my forehead. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Because I was, t- we were towering over everybody else in the pit. And I was like, yeah! And he was like, hey, man, here you go. And then he laughed his ass off because just I didn't even notice it. It bopped it right off your damn forehead. This shit was funny as hell. That was also the same show where you and I double powerbombed somebody into the fucking, <laughs> into the mosh pit. Yeah, because dude went after my now ex-wife, and me and you just grabbed the dude and powerbombed his ass into the pit. Yeah, we hit that motherfucker. We should have hit the doomsday device. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been so much easier. Yeah, you could have come off the stage. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <clears throat> hell, the Road Warriors would have been laughing at that one. Hell yeah. <laughs> Night heart sitting over the corner. Heart Foundation would have done it. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. In a heartbeat. <laughs> So tell us about Unstoppable Evil. What the fuck is this? Well, Ryan got in touch with me about it, and he was sitting there saying he had an idea for a project. He had known I did a few vocals here and there, and he had asked me, he's like, you interested? I'm like, yeah, I'm interested. What's up? And told me about it. And basically, it's going to be a wrestling-themed thrash project. And then not too long after that, he was telling me he, how he wanted two vocalists, one to play the you know good guy, the baby face, and one to play the heel. He's like, you think you play the heel, the bad guy? I'm like, fuck yeah, I can do that. Hey, yo. I do it. And that's how I ended up getting roped into that, which, hell, that's not so much roped in when you're willing to do it. Right. So I'm sorry, Mr. Meeseeks over here. He roped me into this. Well, don't look at me. He roped me into this. As it. So, who, who, what does this project consist of? Who else is in there? Wink, wink, wink. Well, of course you're in there, and Ryan is too. I'm still not 100% sure who's on base. I've heard two or three names, and then from what I understand, Frank Nolan Walker is supposed to be the babyface vocalist, and I'm the heel. Right. Yeah, we got a, this, this is a recording project, and uh, Ryan kind of got a little. Uh, say excited but he uh when he finally got back from you know the military he was wanting to you know start recording this stuff he had so much shit lined up and uh me and him just got together and recorded you know all of it and waiting on uh waiting on the old vocal studio to come up with some lyrics and shit oh believe me i'm working on that now ryan if you're listening glad that i finally sent uh david the fucking uh music (laughs) Yes, I have the music and I'm working on the lyrics. That you were hanging on to for weeks. <laughs> no shit. My God, he kept putting it over that he was going to send it and he never did. Right. <laughs> he no-sold you. <laughs> he did. He no-sold my ass. And that's the bullshit. Now, something a lot of people may or may not know about David, you probably wouldn't understand what the hell he's talking about if you didn't know him, but he speaks a lot of old-school wrestling jargon. Yep. Spent nine years in the business, and you end up getting that vocabulary. You never really let it go once you leave. Tell us about those days. Tell us about your wrestling days, because uh, a lot of people that we're friends with are huge fans of NJPW, even WWE, and other things like that. Oh, shit. I broke 
I broke in. Well, first I started watching. I was about seven. My aunt got me into it, and the first match she ever showed me was Sabu versus Terry Funk in the barbed wire match for the ECW title. And then, like, two weeks later, I was over at her house, you know, seven years old, and she had SummerSlam 97 on, and I saw The Undertaker for the first time, and I was hooked. Oh, wow. And then I got into it myself when I was about 10 years old. I broke in in January of 2000 and kept doing it until – September, no, October of 2009. So I did nine years. Oh, shit. So I met you right out the gate, right after you got done. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So what? Yeah, had, my, had my fun with it, did all kinds of shit. Oh, that, all the stories I got from that alone could be two hours worth of talking. And right. do a, uh, do a history. Oh, hell, I'd be down for it. Well, yeah, we're going to fucking, we'll set that up at a later time, because that's oh, yeah. going to be really cool. I'd like to hear that. I have more questions than that, but uh, we'll save that. We'll save it, slide it over, put it on the side, lock it away. We'll get to that. <laughs> hey, so, tell us, uh, you what? Tell me, tell you what? Nah, I was getting to that. Uh, I was going to say, tell me. Uh, <laughs> I see what he's doing there. Wide, 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 wide. What was your favorite show that you've ever played in a band? I couldn't hear it. It's ships breaking up. No, I said, what was your favorite show? Your most memorable show you've ever had uh, that you played. Favorite show that I played was in this barn. It was like 300 people. This was Hellraiser. Yeah, oh, this was Hellraiser. It was like 300 people there. And just randomly, they had shit set up, and they asked us to play. I was like, yeah, what the fuck? We'll do it. Ended up rocking the house, did a few covers, a couple of originals. And they asked for one more cover because everybody was really popping on the covers. And it's like, you know what? I got an idea. So we broke out something completely different, ended up doing Exodus Bonded by Blood. Holy shit. What covers did you play? Oh, hell, we played all kinds of shit. We played – we started off with something slow, started off with, like, Hell's Bells or something, did a couple of Celtic Frost covers, Into the Crips of Rays. Oh, man. And then the... – Now, this was when you said yeah. you were, like, 15, 16? So this was back in about what 2005, year? 2006. Right. Okay. Sometimes I forget yeah. you're so much younger than me. <laughs> well, not uh, not too much. I mean, but you know, if somebody says 2005 teenager, I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I'm about, I'm, I'm about <laughs> to turn 30, so there is that. Yeah, I turned 30 in November. Oh, happy early birthday. Let's see. I got my paper down in the floor. Ah, shit. I lost it. Yeah. So tell us, outside of wrestling and music, what what other interests do you have? Do you do anything else? Outside of music and wrestling, it's – I write. You know, I've got a story I've been working on pretty much since I was in Hellraiser that I finally came up with a good storyline for, and I've been working on it pretty much the last three, four years. 
other than that. Yeah, it's a like book? a book. It's like a four-part story. Oh. And I'm still working on it. I'm finally on the last part, which I'm slowly getting towards the end of that. It's just taken you know, three, four years to get to this point. All right. Tell us a little bit about it. What's the, what the theme is? What kind of stuff you're talking about? Well, it's like some old school type shit. You know, in this world, there's no guns. It's all swords and hand to hand combat. And instead of you know just magic, it's you know not just magic. It's a really dark. It's you get a lot of shit. Like the main character, which is actually the name, the same name as my wrestling character is Doran Black and he's it's the story of him start it starts out when he's 15 and he has to go out into the world and learn because he's learned everything about war and fighting and all that shit from his dad who happens to be the king of this particular kingdom so he goes out into the world learns a few things runs into some real life shit as it progresses he gets older gets married runs into betrayal all that shit has to fight wars. And the second part is not only is he fighting a war, but his wife, her father is the king that he's fighting a war against. Oh. So it, you know, it's shit oh, wow. like that. Oh, okay. Oh, so when are you hoping to have this thing available for reading? Because it sounds really good. Be honest, I'm not entirely sure. I'm working on it when I can because. At the moment, I've got a lot of shit on my plate, but as soon as I get it out, I'm gonna let everybody know. Just see what their reaction is when they finally read yeah. it. You have a title? Not yet. I've got titles for the different sections, but I don't have a title for the whole thing yet. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, how long is this story gonna be? Like how rough? How rough? That's third. How rough? <laughs> fucking tongue. What time will do? What pages? Roughly, how many pages? Are, how many pages are we talking per section that you've got written? Be honest, I'm not even sure. I'm kind of doing it on Notepad on my laptop, so it's just a long story, and then another one will be that particular section, then a third is that section. Once I get it all together, I'll know actually what the page count is. Right on, right on. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, hell yeah. Like I said, as soon as I get it done, I'm going to let everybody know. Right on. So let's talk about a couple of hypothetical questions outside of uh, outside. All right. Let's say that any kind of, any band in the world, whether it's, uh, if you could jump in even back in time and you could take anybody's place in any band, let's say that somebody quit this particular band and they heard you on YouTube or something and said, Hey, you want to come play for us? Well, who's, what, what band would you join and what would you be doing in that band? For guitar, it would definitely be early Celtic Frost. Definitely right around Morbid Tales into the Pandemonium. Mm. And for vocal, a little out there, but after Bailoff left Exodus, I think I'd like to take over instead of Steve Souza. Oh, oh yeah. See, now Exodus was going to be one of my first two picks that I thought you would choose. Oh, yeah. Exodus, I fucking love Exodus. Like that early that early Bay Area thrash, that's my kind of shit. And it, of course, it's not just the big four. 
Right. Yeah, people sit and say, oh, the Big Four thrash. Okay, there's so many great thrash bands outside of the Big Four. You got Testament, Exodus, Overkill, Dark Angel, Death Angel. You can just go down the list. Right. And speaking of other great thrash bands, let's ask you this. If you could put together a tour, your dream tour, any four bands, living, dead, defunct, active, put them together together on a tour, four of them, who would you pick? Well, this one actually wouldn't be thrash. It would be what I consider the four originators of black metal before the Norwegian Ooh. scene. You'd have Merciful Fate, Bathory, Venom, and Celtic Frost. Hell yeah, that would be a fucking awesome show. Fuck yeah, that's one of my that's one of my like dream tours that I know would will never happen, but dear God, I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. Dude, that would be a show worth fucking staying all the way through for. Fuck yeah. Who would headline that show? That's a tough one, but honestly, I'd have to give that one to Venom. Venom? I mean, you know, they do have an album called Black Metal. That's the one you'd have to pick for me. Right. That's Black Metal, not Metal Black. Exactly. I dig that album, too. Uh, as do I. So if Venom's opening, or Venom is uh, headlining, who's opening? I'm guessing probably Bathory? No, I'd have Celtic Frost open that one. Ah, okay. I'd have Celtic Frost open, then go Merciful Fate, then Bathory, then Venom. Right on. That sounds like a fucking killer show. Oh, yeah, that, that would be the, like the ultimate tour for me. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you're going to throw Unstoppable Evil as the Fucking local opener, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> hey, we gotta get ourselves over. Damn straight. No cell bird. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, man, dude, this has been fucking awesome. So, uh, real quick before we cut out of here, when can we uh, when can we expect to see you down here in the uh, old studio uh, doing them uh, vocals there? Shouldn't be too terribly much longer. I'm working on, I've been working on a number of different lyrics and shit, trying to get everything brought together right. And as soon as I do, I'm going to hit you up and we can come down there and do some damn recording. Fuck yeah, bro. Though Mondays, I'm, Mondays I'm definitely having to kind of work around all that shit because Mondays, that's when I go and perform PSW. Right. Are you going to tell us about PSW? Oh, I'll be glad to. It's, it's something me and an old friend of mine started doing on PlayStation 4 on the 2K games. And it all started from the damnedest thing. I got the PlayStation 4. I knew he already had one. Of course, I make my character. And he randomly hits me up one day and says, does the name Doran Black ring a bell to you? And as a matter of fact, it does. And told me how my character had done a run-in on one of his matches. And then we started talking and eventually put it all together. And now we're at the point where we're about to start using all created characters. We've got our own pay-per-views, our own angles, every damn thing. Only you had your own YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, it's to the point now where, like I said, we're pretty much going all created characters. And we don't book any of the finishes. If whoever wins that night is whoever was having the better night. Right. So, it, and do you guys actively play? Well, yes, play we, act, we actually play these decide? matches. 
Okay, so who's the better That's player? That's the thing. We actually play these matches. We don't let the computer do it. And whoever has the better night, that's who wins. Right. right. Who usually has a better night when it comes down to you? <laughs> Tell you what. Come on. Who's, who's the better player? Well, it actually depends on who's having a better night and who what character they're using. There, there are certain characters we're better oh. with than others. Like with my core right. group, the Black family, I'm – I've rarely been beaten with them. As a matter of fact, Doran Black is currently the PSW heavyweight champion and has held that belt for 237 days. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. He's had a damn good run. Anyone there, anyone there looking to dethrone him here? Somewhere? Well, we got one coming up in a couple of months, and because he has run through every single – you know, just straight up one-on-one match. I'm having to defend that belt inside the elimination chamber. Oh shit! Yeah. So, what other characters going to be involved in that besides? Well, the only two we have so far is one is CM Graves, who is another created character, and Batista. Oh, yeah, we're doing animal. matches to get to see who's going to be in the chamber. And from then, I'll know exactly who I'm defending it against. All right, on. You guys have a Twitch channel. Yeah, we're there, right? starting to get to the point where we're going to be able to really get everything going on that as well. We're running different experiments, seeing if we can do things the way we want them to do it. And if we can, very soon, we're going to be going live every Monday to – start actually broadcasting these matches. Right. Cause there's no actual wrestling to watch on Monday. There's really not. I mean, raw ain't worth a thought really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That, that was not a joke. That was not me being sly. That was uh, or yeah. Raw has been fucking Yeah. Raw has kind of been the drizzling shits. Hot. Hot. Dookie. Pretty much. Oh, I can't wait for AEW. What do you think about AEW TV deal finally coming? On the one hand, I'm like I'm excited, and on the other, they still do a lot of dumb shit. Like honestly, and it's going to be controversial to some people, but if they would listen to a lot of the criticism they're getting from guys like you know Jim Cornette, guys that have been around the business longer than some of these guys have been alive, they might actually learn a thing or two because they've got great talent. They've got guys like Hangman Adam Page and MJF. Holy. Fuck, that dude's gonna be that dude's a star. I'm I don't care what anyone says. Dude's a star, one of the best damn heels in the business. Absolutely. So but at the same time, they've got a lot of dumb bullshit too. You got you know Michael Nakazawa doing whatever the fuck he does. And Joey Janela looks like a bag of milk that grew limbs. I'm, and then all he does is fall off of shit. I'm sorry. The dude, I'm not impressed with a lot of it, but the shit I am impressed with is pretty damn good. Well, I got to ask you this. What do you think about Orange Cassidy? Fuck Orange Cassidy. Either work, either actually <laughs> wrestle or get the fuck out of there and stop playing a small child. I knew that was what you were going to say. <laughs> I mean, you got to admit, that kip up at All Out where he still kept his hands in his pockets the whole time was pretty pretty cool. It was pretty cool and pretty athletic, but 
if all you do is do the shit where you just keep your hands in your pockets the whole damn time, get the fuck out of there. I took my shit seriously. If you're not going to take your shit seriously, get the fuck out of the ring. How can how can he ever win a match? That's my question. How the fuck does he win a match? I have no idea. I mean, if you keep your hands in your fucking pockets the entire time, how the hell are you supposed to win? I don't know. Maybe he's just there for the paycheck. Well, he can go somewhere else and do something for the paycheck because what he does is kind of the shits. Right. He's got, he, he seems more like he should be in Chikara. I've had my problems with a lot of Chikara shit. My, my problem with a lot of wrestling is people not taking themselves seriously. Doing right. dumb shit just for the sake of doing dumb shit. Did you know that Jim Cornette is not a fan of Kenny Omega? Oh, I've heard. I'm kind of half and half on Kenny Omega. He's a hell of an athlete. There's times where he can have amazing matches. His run with Kazuchika Okada was amazing. But if he doesn't have that caliber of opponent, his matches are not that good to me. And I know that's going to be controversial to a lot of people because they worship Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. But I have to look at shit from the standpoint of I've been in there, I've done that shit. And it's to me, it's proof that, you know, the quality of opponent can really make or break somebody. Mm, absolutely. I mean, case in point, you look at the Undertaker's WrestleMania matches, Giant Gonzalez, fuck that bullshit. But then you look at yeah. Sean and Undertaker at WrestleMania 25, and holy shit. And six. Yeah. You know, it's really the quality. Of, it's really the quality of opponent you've got that really makes or breaks how good you are. Not only that, but they actually had an amazing story both years going into it. The first year it was the whole the Undertaker's never beat me, and that's true. The Undertaker had never beaten Shawn Michaels up to that point. This is true. Undertaker also also never lost to Mania, so very exciting. Yep. Then the next year they did the Shawn Michaels losing his mind. I'm going to retire if I, if I lose this match. Angle, man, it got even better. It raised the bar up even more. Oh, yeah. No question. No question. So, I literally, you know, up till those years, every WrestleMania, I knew the Undertaker was going to win. I was like, he's going to win. He's going to win. Those two years, I was actually in doubt who was going to win those matches. I was partially in doubt, but at the same time, from WrestleMania 20 to WrestleMania 29, I, I, there was a friend of mine. I made a hundred dollar bet every year that Undertaker would win at WrestleMania. He always bet against the Undertaker, and the one year he never made the bet was the year Brock broke the streak. Holy shit! I did. Oh, I lost the bet that day too. Thing is, that was the one time the guy never made the bet. Wow, that was the first time I'd ever made a bet. Boy, I bet it on the wrong pony there. Yeah. What do you know who won the pony? That's it. What do you know who won the pony? Son of a bitch. Lost 20 bucks on that. Hell, he was pissed off. He's like, I want my money. He's like, you didn't make the bet, motherfucker, so you ain't getting shit. <laughs> hey, you got to shake the hand. You got to sign on the dotted line. You know what I'm saying? That's it. You got to walk the line, not snort the line. Well, considering it was Flair, he's probably snorting the line, too. Ah, a couple of lines, actually, probably. Well, fair point. 
Uh, so before we cut, before we end this, I wanted to ask you about a funny, uh, funny incident that happened on Raw. You, you know, years ago. Uh, what did you think about tonight? <laughs> I think it was Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, and Ric Flair were in the ring talking about. Uh, I think you were talking about Roman Reigns versus. I think it might have been. I'm not sure. I can't remember who. He, Roman Reigns was going to fight somebody, I believe. And the big show came out there, and Flair was reportedly very intoxicated and kind of went off script and attacked the big show. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's Ric Flair. I was laughing my ass off. I was like, what is he doing? Because you could see the big show smiling. And I was like, you know, it was only later on that I read, I think it was Brad Shepard or, you know, one of those guys said that Flair was not supposed to do any of that, that the show was supposed to grab Flair and then. Roman was going to make the save, but instead, Flair starts whipping his jacket off and goes to chop the big show, and then Big Show lays him out. <laughs> what you, do? You, you got a drunk Ric Flair that's supposed to just stay in that chair, and now he's like, and getting ready to fight you. And like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's always been kind of the problem with Ric Flair is he gets drunk, you never know what the fuck Flair's going to do. Right. Granted, I was laughing my ass off the whole damn time. I'm like, Rick, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Right. You know you ain't supposed to be doing that shit. Sit your old ass down before you get hurt. <laughs> ain't retiring yet, baby. Woo! I mean, don't get me wrong. Flair's fucking amazing. One of the greatest of all time, but that ain't going to happen. I mean, if it was Terry Funk, okay, yeah. Terry Funk's crazy enough to do anything. Mm-hmm. But Rick, no, just no. Well, I take him while we still have him. I guess. Just, I don't know what the fuck. All I'm saying is, I don't know what the hell Flair was thinking. <laughs> I, he wasn't. That was. The, he was thinking. I can't wait to get back. Get another margarita in me. Damn. We're probably thinking, oh, shit, my nightmare when the fucking big show laid him out. Oh, shit. Anyway, all right. Well, that'll do it for this uh, weird-ass edition of uh, the sleepover on Bedroom Studios uh, for me and David Bird. See you later, everybody. Say bye-bye, David. Well, don't say bye. <laughs> well, pretty much just wait for Unstoppable Evil. We're, we're working on it, folks. We're working on it. Right, we are. We don't have a teaser to Oh, we will yet, very we will soon. Very soon. All right. Well, see you guys next time. Goodbye and good night. No, no, no. It's thank you. Fuck That's you, right. Thank bye. you. Fuck you. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs>